fan base is dropped back. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome. From the galaxy to your ears, it is the Nerd Holocron with your hosts, Adrian and Steven. Yeah. What's up, Steven? What's up? Happy New Year to all you Nerdalorians. Sort of. We're like doing set all with that. <laughs> hey, you know, you take it or leave it. Take it right in the new year. Yes. All right, folks. Um, this episode, we decided we were going to talk about uh, strong female leads. Um, yes. Sometimes, you know, I was watching TV and I'm on Facebook, and sometimes people make it seem like there's no strong female leads anywhere. And I, you know, I was thinking, that's just not fucking true. Right? Science fiction has continuously had strong female women in the genre for a fucking long time. It's rife. So if you can't find a strong female lead, you're either intentionally not looking or you just fucking live under a rock. Right. And I take it there's no one that opposes this idea, so we're just going to move right along. Yes. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. I don't... I wrote my list probably differently from yours. I just wrote down names. So. Okay. Well, what do you, who do you have on your thing? Okay. Um, my first one, I had uh, Ellen Ripley from the Alien franchise. Right. Um, for most people, there's two people on this list that when I started thinking about this, there was two immediately. One of them was Ripley. Um, the first and the second movie were obviously the best ones. Um, <laughs> but um, she's not, she doesn't start off at the, as a super strong female lead. She's just a team member trying to do the right thing. And by the process of el- elimination, by which I mean the alien killing people, <laughs> you know, she steps up, she leads, and she tries to get, you know, her team members to safety. Also, a horror movie with a black guy doesn't die first. It was a white dude that dies in the kitchen. Very true. And the black guy is like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, all of them were like, what the fuck? Yes. But, yeah. but no, I get it. Um, yeah, black guy didn't die first. No. Um, but uh, out to him. <laughs> let's see here. Um, Released actually, this character Ripley was actually supposed to be a man, mm-hmm. but the director changed it at the last minute, which I think is a good call. Obviously, uh, yeah. this place going to be on this list. Um, I also read that she's considered one of the most significant female protagonists in history, and she was a ward officer aboard the Nostromo, the ship, the original ship she was on when she, they first encountered the Xenomorph. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. And then, you know, in, in Aliens, it's basically the same thing. She's trying to tell this wailing Yutani, this planet has fucking aliens, man. You don't want to go there. But they send people there. There's actually a colony of humans there, and then they get, you know, abducted, chest bursted and shit. So, and uh, again, you know, everyone dies, and she's left to save everyone's ass and save the little girl that they find Mm -hmm. and you know do everything and it's it's not like she like i said not she started she doesn't start off as a super strong female she's left no choice but to become this to save herself and other people right strong female lead science fiction thank you also to tie that in in the alien uh the game i can't remember what it's called i think it's 
Isolation. Isolation. There you go. Her daughter, the one that she left behind on Earth because she didn't know she was going to be gone for so long. Amanda Ripley. Yeah, she goes out there to like uh, find her mom. Find her mom on the ship, or whatever, and she gets attacked by the alien too, and she has to become a strong protagonist to you know survive. Yes. A lot of the game is like survival horror, where it's like you can't really fight the alien, but. You know, you got to duck and hide and evade. Yeah, it's all about them getting away from it. Well, yeah. Who do you have next? Uh, let's see. Well, one that I got a lot of facts about was Nyota Uhura from Star Trek, the original 1960s version. Okay. She was played by uh, Nichelle Nicholas, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then later, Zoe Saldana plays her in the movie. But um, she did like so many revolutionary things on that show because um, she and William Shatner, uh, they shared the first interracial kiss on TV. Interesting. And NBC didn't want to air that episode because they're like, we're scared that the Southern broadcasting stations aren't going to be willing to air it. So they were like, let's do like two or three shots where we have one with the kiss and one without and like see how it looks. And her and William Shatner like went out of their way to like mess up the scenes without the kiss. So that way they were forced to put the kiss in and air it anyways. That is awesome. Yeah, he like crosses his eyes and he like fucks it up on purpose it's hilarious also the creator of star trek gene roddenberry is from here from Obezo? yes wow the the planetarium over there on airway yep it's named after him planet planetarium planetarium yes oh, okay pretty cool right yes what else do you have on uhura um she actually wanted to quit the show actually because um she felt like it wasn't that uh, it was just kind of like a dumb character she was playing because all she would say is like receiving transmission or whatever. You know, she just answered the phone on the starship and she didn't feel it was fulfilling for her career. And she ended up going to this, uh, what was it called? Uh, oh, NAACP fundraiser. And at the end of the fundraiser, Gene Roddenberry told her like, one of your biggest fans is here. And he wants to meet you. And it turned out to be Martin Luther King. And he was like, you can't give up the character because like you're an inspiration to so many people all over the world that, you know, there could be a black character on TV and like doing these amazing things. And she like inspired all sorts of women in the future to like, um, no, that they could achieve the same thing. Like Whoopi Goldberg, she saw her on TV and she like ran through her house screaming like there's a black woman on TV. Like, yeah, I read that. The she's Whoopi not a maid or something. Yeah, she's yeah. not a maid. Like, yeah. there's other things for black women to do. And yes. she was later on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yes, where she was a lieutenant and then a commander. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think there was something about. Uh, she's a linguistics person. Yeah. Uh, but like she inspired yeah. some female, the first female astronaut, I think, hmm. or first something like that. Some some other woman. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. She just her character is inspiring to people all over the place because you know it was during the '60s and the show was about all different races of people and beings working together in harmony. But 
you know, her character like broke the mold pretty much. Exactly. Like that's the whole thing. It's like even if you think what you're doing is insignificant, it might not be insignificant to someone else. Right. Thank you, science fiction. Ooh. <laughs> right. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So her character's name it roughly translates to Star Freedom in Swahili. Also. That's pretty cool. Like the first name Nyota is like supposed to be Star and then Yuhura is like Freedom. That's pretty cool. And it wasn't revealed until the movie that her first name is Nyota because uh she never tells they never mention her name on the show it's always just her and then they made a big deal about it in the movie because it's always been like a huge what's her name you know yeah so yeah that's very cool and uh she has sex with spock okay uh, <laughs> we're moving on all right um i would like to go with Leia Organa, aka Leia Skywalker, Ooh, aka Leia Solo. <laughs> like she's so progressive, she didn't even take his last name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Leia was is the child of Anakin Skywalker and uh, Padme Amidala. I almost said Luke. <laughs> Anakin and Luke Skywalker got together and raised. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, but. Uh, you know, obviously her mother was a politician and uh, wanted the table. <laughs> uh, was um, a big, big on freedom and didn't like the way the, the what was going on in the Senate, right. basically turning into not the Senate, you know? And um, Bail Organa, the guy who adopted Leia, pretty much had the same views as Padme mm-hmm. and raised Leia that way. Taught her that, you know, before the Empire, we had all this. It was great. There was freedom. We could talk. You know, there was so much more to it than this is the way it is. If you don't like it, too fucking bad. Right. And uh, actually, Bail Organa was one of the founders of the Rebellion. Yes. And, um, she obviously followed him into that, you know? Yeah, I read that she's been, like, helping him, serving under him since he was, like, 14 years old or something. Mm-hmm. Also, like, she, like her mother, their planet's not exactly, like, one of the higher-ranking ones, but people take her seriously because of how, like, smart and decisive she is. Just like Padme, her planet was... Naboo, which is just that middle of nowhere grassy planet. Mm-hmm. Like, why would anyone take it seriously? True. Um, yeah, she's very. She's, even she's she stood firm even in front of um, Moff Tarkin and Darth Vader. Oh yeah, you know she barely even flinched. I mean, she did when her fucking planet was destroyed and her <laughs> dad stabbed her with a heroin needle. <laughs> <laughs> but who wouldn't? Um, but other than that, she was hardly a damsel in distress. More like she was a damsel waiting for an opportunity to strike. Because once they got down there, she wasn't like, "Oh, save me!" You yeah. know what I mean? She was, she was like, "All right, let's. What's next? We're going here." She shot open that drainage thing, and they flew down there. They almost died, but you know, plus she was there making the plans and pretty much every movie from then on. And Empire Strikes Back to. Even more so in the newer ones, like we see her making decisions and she's telling people what to do. And yes, yeah, 
strong female. Right? Hail <laughs> science fiction. Anyway. Well, she went from Princess Leia to General. That's true. She can't be a princess of a planet that doesn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Who do you have next? Oh, I have an interesting pick. Oh, okay. It says uh, George Lucas was considering uh, casting a Japanese actress for her part. But it's because, like, the whole thing about he wanted to change Luke to Starkiller and he wanted it to be a female character, I guess. Um, but Kelly Marie Tran became the first main Asian character of the franchise later on. The I forgot what her name was, but all right, the one excuse me, that one, the chick that hooks up with Finn for the one movie and then oh, yeah. everyone forgets about her. Yeah, I was so upset about. I thought she was an interesting character. She was all right. Hey, can you pass me that Coke? I guess. Thank you. All right. Who do you have next? Uh, you want to talk about Leela? Yes. Taranga Leela. Or is she? Oh, she's right here. No. Yeah. Of um, Futurama. Futurama. Yes. The Cyclops. <laughs> what do you got about him? Uh, her name comes from classical music and classic sci-fi. So Taranga comes from Oliver Messinia's 1948 symphony Tarangalia, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, Leela was the name of the fourth Doctor's companion for Doctor Who. Really? Yes. So it's like a hat tip the Doctor Who that they named her, that Leela Taranga, I guess. That's pretty cool. Um, you meet her. She, she's a she's a pilot of the Planet Express, which automatically, you know, there's a female pilot. She's in charge. Um, and unlike everybody else that's mm. part of her crew, she's not an idiot. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> um, she's con- consistently saving everybody and just being a badass. Mm. And it's like one thing, especially about this, is a uh, a problem that I had with um, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. It's like basically, I'm a woman, I'm powerful. Get over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here it's like they're powerful women, but they're not throwing it in your face. Right. That's one thing that I don't like. It's it would be the same way if it was a male character. Like I've got a big dick. You know what do you do about? It? Like, bro, get it away from me. Okay. I don't care. It's like Thor. For a lot of the movies, he's just been like super powerful, doesn't have much trouble, and then you get to Infinity War, and everyone gets a reality check when they fight Thanos. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, I mean, all the characters, they male and female, <laughs> everyone, you know, they're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, except for Captain Marvel, she almost yeah. had whatever before that <clears throat> fuck that bitch anyway <laughs> but all the characters we're talking about don't have that problem there's a natural progression from you know what i mean yeah it's like i'm here now i'm here you and their actions speak for them you know yes yeah, it's, it's not like reputation uh reputation precedes them right? yes so yeah uh Leela, strong female character, voiced by Katie Seagal. Oh, yeah. Peggy Bundy, which was... I watched Mario Children when I was growing up. I love Peggy Bundy. And I love Ed O'Neill as Al Bundy. Anyway. Okay. Is there any relation to Steven Seagal? I was wondering no, that. No. I don't think so. No. But also, in one of the episodes, they had an Al Bundy character there 
and she played a Peggy Bundy character <laughs> when she found another Cyclops uh-huh. when she still thought she was an alien before she found out she's a mute. Oh, that's right, yeah. So yeah, Tarangalila. Thank you. And weird, interesting fact. So like there's an episode where she's like on a cruise ship or something with Zap Brannigan and like he calls out her measurements for like her body type or whatever. And it's uh, 36, 24, 36. And it turns out to be a Simpsons Easter egg because that's Bart Simpson's locker combination. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Who else do you have? Uh, oh, we could talk about Captain Catherine Janeway. Yes. I yes, love we Star can. Trek, so I got two Star Trek names. Yes. Uh, very she's a captain of the USS Voyager yes. Starfleet. Um, she was played by Kate Mulgrew, who you will probably remember from Orange is the New Black. Not sure what her character is on there, but she's on that show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've never seen it, so I don't know anything about that show. But, um, let's see. Oh, interesting fact. Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor was almost, was considered for her role that she got. Interesting. Because there was someone else that actually got the role before uh, Kate Mulgrew did, and she only did the, she only shot for like two days before she was like, I can't do this. It's just like too intense, and I can't remember all of the technical sci-fi terms and stuff you had to know to play Star Trek character. So they ended up giving it to Kate Mulgrew instead. Good choice. Yeah, she had to fight like tooth and nail because originally they were against having a female captain to begin with. Yeah. Especially because like the one show that comes before it was Deep Space Nine, and that's one of the more boring ones because it's not about exploring so much as it is like a space station. Yeah. I remember watching Deep Space Nine and there's that with that weird dude with that weird head and those big ears. Yeah. Oh, that's a Ferengi. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh she was also a Starfleet Admiral after um, that. And the only female in Star Trek to be the central character in a series. Right? It's such bullshit. How is that bullshit? That's a good thing. I mean, it's bullshit that it hadn't happened before. I mean, it's normal now, but just like for the time, it was revolutionary. But well, that's, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, again. So like, I'm happy it happened. That's one of my favorite Star Trek series, but I'm just like, what were you guys even thinking? You know? No, I get it, but you know what? Again, science fiction leading the way. Yeah, plus like consistently throughout the show, she's always like revolutionizing things and like you get an interesting story arc near the end where there's like another version of her from like an alternate timeline that tries to help them get home sooner, Mm -hmm. but she has to do something that goes against her morals. She's constantly having to make these hard choices like pretty much on her own and every choice she makes, someone has a problem with it. That's part of being a captain, but like they're stranded like super far out in space trying to get home. And it's like a 500 year journey that's supposed to take or something like that. So, yeah. Um, Great character. Doesn't cut corners. Very decisive. Awesome. Okay. Next, we're going to go with Miss Ahsoka Tana. Oh, yes. Um, What's there even to say? Uh, She's Um, a badass. Yeah, she is a badass. And right off the bat, even 
when she meets Anakin, you know, he can tell that she's different. She's a lot like him. Mm-hmm. She's very headstrong. She's very defiant. She's a natural leader and an independent thinker. And um, a lot. She's, how do I say? She can lead a show because the final series, the final season of Clone Wars starts off with her. It's basically her story arc. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, she's there with some space Puerto Rican girls. And, um, you know, it's the show starts with her and it ends with her. So it's basically okay. the last season is her season. And then Rebels is about her also, isn't it? Nah, Rebels is about the Rebels crew. She just happens to be in that show. Oh, I thought she was, like, the leader of there. No. Uh. She, doesn't, she doesn't get into that until a little bit later. But, no, the, that show is about... Kane and Jarrus and the crew of the Ghost that uh, she happens to later be part of, but you know what I mean. It's not her show. Uh, I always assumed she was part of the show. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay. I just haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> also, like throughout the Clone War, she like uh, goes against a lot of the teachings of the Jedi way. Like, there's that episode where she gets trapped with another Padawan and. The Padawan's willing to sacrifice herself so that way, because she knows her master will move on and not show any feelings towards her. And she's like, that's insane, you know? Yes, they become friends. And that Padawan actually frames Ahsoka for murder. For murder. That was her? That was her. I knew that bitch was insane. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah. Anyway. She's um, an independent, free-thinking person, and she treats everyone with respect, but also, you know. She's tough when she needs to be tough, and she's respectful when she needs to be respectful. Yeah. Yes. Great character. Also Even, got uh, uh, brought out by Plow Coon. That's true. Yeah. That weird crab face guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break on that crab face thing, and we'll be right back. <laughs> See you in a bit, guys. all right guys welcome back to this amazing list that we have put together next what do we got for us steven god dr afra one of my favorite star wars characters from the comic books uh she's a new character that was created by marvel comics and she first appears in the darth vader series and darth vader number three uh she's described as like an indiana jones-esque type character except she shares none of his morals or heroics at all she's only out for herself which is amazing. She works with literally everyone. The rebels, the bad guys, Luke, Leia. But she always screws everyone over. It's hilarious. <laughs> She's an archaeologist, huh? She works for Mr. Vader. Yeah, he hires her to help him acquire like his own drone army. Uh-huh. And he ends up failing her. And like early on, she tells him that if he's going to kill her, which she, she knows that he's going to... to to strike her down with his lightsaber because her greatest fear is getting shot out of an airlock. And being the asshole that he is, he shoots it out of an airlock because he's a douche like that. <laughs> but she planned ahead and she gets picked up by her dro- her droids in a ship and 
lets everyone think she's dead, basically. Yes, I, I read that. She did fake her death. Yes. Yeah, she's super smart. Indeed. So, yeah, she sounds like a great character. I don't know much about her. She's but, awesome. It's weird. Comic. Like, there's a story where she and Luke work together uh-huh. to defeat the Queen of Catherton or something like that. Catheter? Catherton in the Screaming Citadel. And they're trying to, like, activate this immortal Rurus crystal. And it's got, like, the essence of this guy that's, like, a Jedi-type person who founded, like, the secret society that wants to, like, conquer the universe. And they're, like, all super evil. But they have super strong powers. Interesting. And, like, they have these mind control alien things. And the only way to defeat this queen of whatever catheter, Luke puts the alien thing on and like gets her own minions to fight against her and kill her. It's awesome. It's interesting because like it's like a peek behind the curtain of in between Luke being a Jedi and being a rebel, where it's like he's still learning how to use the Force, but still also trying to survive out in the universe. Interesting, ma'am. Right. So yeah, guys, go uh, check that out. Oh, also, she has two droids who mirror R two D two and C three PO, but they're a blastomech and an assassin droid, and they're built for torture and evil shenanigans. Shenanigans, you say? <laughs> yeah, like they're all about killing people and torturing them constantly, like. They're always asking her, can I kill this guy? Can I torture this guy? Oh, my God. And she's like, no, reel it in. And eventually they go off on their own, and uh, the C-3PO one, triple zero. No. Uh, oh, yeah, triple zero. He ends up, like, killing this gang boss and takes over this gang, and he's in control. Interesting. And the R2-D2 one is BT. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. All right. Sounds cool. They're great. I highly recommend reading her. She has her own comic series now, too. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next, we're moving on to a character from Battlestar Galactica, um, Starbuck, a.k.a. No, Kara Thrace, a.k.a. Starbuck. Yeah, Kara Thrace. Yes. She's awesome. Uh, yes. She's played by uh, Katie Sackoff. Who played bo recently on The Mandalorian. Also, in she voiced the same character in the Clone Wars. Oh, she does. Yes, she can do no wrong because she's so hot, and I hope she's my future wife. Today. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how old she gets, I'll still be here. Uh, yes, um, I read that her character in the show was uh, constantly ready to sacrifice herself for her crew. Yes, because she she respected life so much; she was willing to. You know what I mean? Yeah. My life or your life any day sort of thing. Yeah, she's like the top pilot in the fleet. And then later on, it's her job to like train the newbies to fly in their ships. Uh, they're called Vipers. And yeah, she's always willing to sacrifice herself for people to get away. Or Plus, she's a survivalist. Like She gets stranded out on a planet with one of the enemy ships and she finds out a way to like control the ship and flies back to the fleet and it gives them a huge leg up advantage because they learn how it works and everything. <clears throat> Sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to, I don't know what I was trying to do that. Um, <laughs> trying to throw it across the room. Yes. Um, also, 
physically fit woman, but also a heavy drinker. Yes, she is. And she smokes cigars, which is a thing that the original character, uh, his name was Dirk Benedict. And he started smoking cigars when he was 10 years old. So he was constantly like miming, smoking a cigar. And NBC wanted to fire him because of that, because they were like, stop doing that. Yeah. But it tested so well with audiences that he was like a cool, suave smoking guy that they kept it in and made it part of his character. So it transferred over to her character. Hmm. So the original character, Starbuck, was a male? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's like a douchey pilot guy that sucks at flying, but is like the best pilot they have, I guess. Okay. It's out for himself. He's like a womanizer. Mm. Yeah. Also, one thing, when I was watching the, the season finale of Mandalorian, mm-hmm. the Death Troopers reminded me a lot of the robots on Battlestar Galactica. Cylons, yes. Yes, right? Yeah. God, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I was just like, these motherfuckers look real familiar. Slow-moving, <laughs> red-eyed monstrosities that just want to kill everything inside. That's about all right next for me this next character is up there with ripley as top tier sci-fi badass bitch right i am talking about none other than sarah fucking connor motherfucking sarah connor mother of the leader of the resistance right yes so what i like about this character in the first terminator movie she's just a regular woman you know i, I mean? freaking love that movie me too it's for me i like it better than t2 really yes okay sorry it's just the way that it's very uh it's like more of a horror movie compared to the second one the mm-hmm. second one's more of an action one the first one's like a horror movie it's like a slasher flick like yeah. so a killer that just doesn't stop yes i agree Ooh. Sorry, guys. I drink a lot of fucking cocoa now. Um, <laughs> Real professional. Um, but yeah, she's just a normal person in this movie. And, you know, she gets introduced to the fucking Terminator and Kyle Reese basically in the same moment. Right? Yeah. <laughs> also, I want to say that scene where, in that, where they're in that club, the tech noir, mm-hmm. I love that fucking scene. Like the music's playing, these people are, everyone's using the same dance move like this. <laughs> you can't see what I'm doing, guys, but it's fucking lame. He's like and, flossing or something. I don't know what the hell that is. And you know. Oh, we're doing the gang <laughs> And then like she looks up and she sees Arnold and then like Reese is like, suck a dick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but uh, after that, you know, her world has changed. You know, Kyle's telling her, yeah, dude, you're fucking going to give birth to fucking the leader of the resistance. He's going to save mankind. Yeah, it really only works in that time period. I think that's why they don't remake it because, like, like he has to look in the phone book to find Sarah Connor and he kills, like, three Sarah Connors before he even finds her. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he goes to the police thing that they can protect her. Because you know? there's, there's no cell phone. There's no internet. Or anything you know so there's no way to like you know verify anything this guy's saying or like you know, that's why it's believable yes it makes a great movie mm-hmm. and because you know the terminator's coming after them and the terminator's not stopping she has to like evolve and grow as a person you know she can't just be this girly girl anymore right. she knows that she's going to give birth to the leader of the resistance who's going to save mankind and all this other stuff and you know, she's a fucking robot after her. Right. And then, you know, 
Kyle Reese is just a man. He can only do so much, and he does only do so much. You know, the Terminator ends up killing him, and it's up to her to basically save herself after that. Like, Kyle's like, I got you this far, bitch. Go the rest of the way. <laughs> and uh, she does. She kills the Terminator. And then after that, she, in the second movie, you know, you find out that she's basically trying to learn as much as she can from as many people as she can mm-hmm. to be like this real guerrilla militant person and then teach her son these things so he can go on and be the leader of the resistance. He's such a badass in that way. Mm-hmm. I was so jealous of that kid. He got him to ride around on a motorcycle. He got to have his hair as long as he wanted to. Got to listen to rock music. No one judges him. Like, this is cool. But yeah. this is about her. But yeah, like, even that, the second movie, she's a fucking badass yeah she doesn't even denounce what she believes in either they sent her to the mental institution she could have been like i was just going through a crazy time i don't have a husband he died killing a man with metal bones (laughs) but no stands by her convictions yes and she even planned that escape it wasn't gonna work for her but she planned an escape and she got pretty far in it you know what i mean and there was nothing but lar- larger males around her mm. and for her to do what she did to one of them and get as far as she did it was pretty amazing. Yeah, and she almost like killed the top software designer of that time. I couldn't do that now. Yeah. Um, to me, Sarah Con- I I feel like what was that other one? Terminator Dark Fate. That took it so retarded. Oh my god, dude. It, I know even in that movie she's still a badass or whatever. But to me it's like it's like they went out of their way to shit on her character for like two hours. Like, you're irrelevant now because we managed to kill your son by just continuously sending back Terminators to a point where you let your guard down for a second and we took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, this Mexican chick is now the leader of the resistance or some bullshit. You know, like, <sighs> this wasn't. They were just trying to reinvent the wheel without. They're trying to reinvent the wheel. I don't want to say this without you realizing it. No, they're they're trying to replace Sarah Connor with this Mexican chick and all this other stuff. It's just like a real world look of what Terminator is because once they figured out how to send someone back, they just keep doing that. Obviously, that's why you know we got Terminator Salvation now. It was like a different way of looking at what happens in the future, but it's the same story basically. I want to say that Terminator Salvation at least tried to do something different with the franchise. I know not a a lot of people like it, but it did something different than the other movies. I thought it was pretty cool. I did did too. I can understand why people don't like it, but I did like it. Yeah. Except, you know, okay, John Connor, he jumps from a fucking plane into this fucking stormy ass ocean and you're gonna i'm gonna believe he survived i don't think so. it's christian Bale. he's fucking famous he true. can do anything it's very true <laughs> he broke his back and he did some push-ups and then he bpa it's like which one of these tubes you breathe out of <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um sarah connor super badass great a badass great a fucking badass science fiction yes the last person on this list mm-hmm. um this is a super OG lead lady. Yes, that I know basically nothing about. I know. Um, this is Dr. Robinson of Lost in Space fame. 
Oh, Mrs. Robinson, like from that song? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, like Mrs. Robinson from that movie, The Robinsons? <laughs> oh, Mrs. Robinson, like the lady that owns that restaurant, Red Robinson? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I'm Robinson. <laughs> oh, Robin, like Batman sidekick character, mm, Carrie, whatever the fuck. She's the female Robin. Robin? Oh, that would have been great for this, but she's not really a lead lady. It's not really a sex business, really. That's true. Anyway, now I'm talking about uh, Maureen Robinson of Lost in Space. Um, her character in the original series, she was actually a biochemist. Mm-hmm. Um, she got her degree from the New Mexico College of Space Medicine, and she was the first female to pass the International Space Administration's screening for galactic intergalactic flights. Mm-hmm. That alone is pretty badass. And the character has changed throughout the years, obviously from the TV show to the movie, again to the TV show. Right. Um, always, she's smart. She cares about her family. She's not afraid to get her hands dirty. She's very, you know, down-to-earth woman, willing to do what needs to get done so things can go on. Mm. And basically everyone in the family, I feel, is that way, no. especially in the newer series. Have you seen it? You haven't seen it? I've just seen the movie. Oh my With God. Joey from Friends. You need to watch this fucking shit. Yeah, I know. It's on the list. So. Fucking awesome. Um, but yeah. Again, amazing women in sci-fi doing the damn thing. Right. You know, like I said before, I don't mind women. I'm not trying to sound like some I'm some chauvinist or something. I believe women can do pretty much anything a man can do. There's peace standing up. And there's some. There's what event we got. There are some exceptions, but it's it goes the same way for men and women men being just as good as women in other things. Like sometimes women are just going to be better at other things than men are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in this, these are not just damsels. If they are in distress, they're not damsels in distress. If they are just hanging out, waiting to be rescued, I'm pretty sure they have a plan before that to hopefully escape and get out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not just going to sit by and just let shit happen to them. They're badasses. Rip. Heroes. But, yes. Sci fi heroes. We do have some honorable mentions for this list. Yes, we do. Steven, go ahead. So I wrote down some comic book and uh, video game ones. Um, the first one is Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn, who is super awesome. She is like, I don't want to ruin the game, but she's like an outcast from her village that she's a part of, and she has to like save the entire world as it seems from these robotic creatures and like this evil robot thing. And she does it pretty much all on her own. She has help from people here and there, but a lot of this, the weight of the world is on her shoulders you now. And then Samus is the greatest bounty hunter ever. You know? She is from Metroid, and she's a badass. All right. And Laura Croft from Tomb Raider. She, uh, I don't know. By the end of the newer games, is causing more problems than she is solving. But mm. <laughs> a lot of her thing is, like, she's an archaeologist that's trying to save the world, pretty much, I guess. And Zelda from Legend of Zelda. The game's literally named after. Okay. Yeah, Princess Zelda. Ellie from The Last of Us, she true hero there because she's always like, you know, 
trying to do the right thing. She's like literally the cure. And in the first game, it's not really up to her to make the tough decisions, but in the second one, she has to make all these hard choices and stuff. Um, Faith Connors from Mirror's Edge. It's not really about being a hero, but she's like trying to like prove her sister's innocence, I guess you could say. And Chun Li, first Street Fighter character that was the first female playable character in a fighting game. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Excuse me. And Lilith from Borderlands. She's literally a hero. She becomes, uh, I think they call her the Phoenix or something. So, yeah. And then my uh, comic ones were Miss Marvel, who is awesome. Like, I'm so excited for her new show. Not only is she a female character, but she's also um, an inhuman. And her power is, like, she can, like, transform herself to look like other people. And she can, like... She has polymorph powers, so she can, like, transform different parts of her body into different shapes and stuff. Uh-huh. And, like, as soon as she gets her powers, she, like, transforms herself to look like Miss Mar- or Captain Marvel, who's, like, her favorite hero of all time. But she figures out that to be a hero, you have to be yourself. So that's why she makes her own costume and does her own thing. And she's also um, a Muslim character. So we get to see, like... A background into like what their traditions and stuff are and like a lot of the time she's like why would we do these crazy things but she like figures out that it's like tradition and like you know it's not crazy like they're not like out to get people or anything you know? yeah they're just everyday people um spider gwen and silk both spider-man-esque type characters uh gwenpool who is like not like Deadpool, but she's a Gwyn that becomes a hero and names herself Gwynpool and she can like break the fourth wall and stuff. Interesting. And one we're going to see re- soon is Ironheart, Riri Williams, built an Iron Man suit in her garage out of boredom. <laughs> she's like super fucking smart. All right. She comes a new Iron Man and um, magic who's an X-Men character, was in the uh, X-Men movie. What is it called? That newest one that came... Oh, uh... Fuck, I had it. Never mind. Okay. Uh, it's that new X-Men movie that came... It's not an X-Men movie, but it's... Like, new Mutants? The New Mutants, yeah. She's the sister of Colossus. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Gamora... Super badass from Marvel movies from uh, Guardians, of, Guardians of, the Galaxy. of the Galaxy. And the last one is Squirrel Girl. Strong enough to take down Thanos because she's got awesome squirrel powers. <laughs> okay. And the running joke is she has a huge butt. All right. Because <laughs> of her tail. <laughs> but she's still a hero. <laughs> yes. Despite this. So, yeah. Uh, my honorable mentions. Are Padme Amidala Leia's mom? Oh yeah, the in the prequel trilogy, she's pretty badass, especially in what's called uh, Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. She's out there fending for herself. Mm-hmm. Didn't need Anakin to save her. <laughs> uh, he wasn't going to. She fell into the sand and rolled around. He's like, true. she's ruined goods now. <laughs> Carolyn Fry was in Pitch Black, the blonde lady in Pitch Black, strong female. 
character lead captain of the ship she didn't want to like jettison all the other people <laughs> off the ship so she could live but in the end she did right okay um dana scully from the x-files oh yeah yes um this one it's same actress plays two characters um zoe washburn from firefly oh yeah and she also played helen carter in a show called uh sorry about that it's called uh, cleopatra 2525 very unknown science fiction show that i used to watch about uh humans in the year 2525 <laughs> but uh yeah those were the honorable mentions for this list uh, yeah. Also, the other names I had down were uh, River from Firefly, also. Oh, yes, yes. And Trinity from The Matrix. Yes. And uh, uh, we talked about Ray a little bit, but I don't know. I understand why you wanted Ray in here, but like I explained to you, yeah. it's too controversial, too Mary Sue ish. Yeah, yeah. As far as character development, I think Kylo Ren came further than she did. That's what she said. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Also, another genre that I feel puts women first too is horror. Hmm. You have this term, the final girl. Basically, she's the last one left alive. And she survives the movie. Or you have the villain, if you look at uh, the one where she's got the psychic powers, kills everyone at the prom. Carrie. Carrie. Yes. Good movie. I enjoy it. But um, I have a quick list here. Okay. Females in horror. Um, Laurie Strode in Halloween, played by... um, Fuck, can't Glenn Close? Not Glenn Close. Uh, no, no. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Uh, Pamela Voorhees, Friday the 13th, Jason's mom. It was the original killer. Oh, it's right. Not Jason. Max Cartwright in the movie Final Girls. What is that? It's, okay. It's about... Okay. <laughs> It's about this girl. Her mm-hmm. mom dies in a car accident, and uh, she goes to a f- her friend's brother invites her to watch her mom's movie. I forget what it's called, but her mom's in it, and she's th- she's the final girl in that movie. I think no, she's not, but her mom's in that movie. She doesn't want to go watch the movie because she misses her mom, all that sort of stuff. But anyway, he convinces her to go. There's a fire in the theater, and somehow her and her group of friends get trapped inside the movie what the fuck and they have to survive the movie that's weird it is weird okay. it's fucking awesome though you should watch it right. that right. does that i want to see that yeah it's pretty cool um lieutenant melanie Ballard, movie called ghost of mars okay. she's played by natasha henstridge from species fame mm-hmm. also has jason statham and ice cube really yes they're on mars and you know they've colonized mars and they unlock this ancient martian grave thingy and there's ghosts in there and they inhabit humans they possess people and then they kill other people and if you kill that person it doesn't matter because a spirit flies out of the body and enters somebody else 
Oh, what the hell? It's pretty crazy. It's crazy. Not a great movie. Like, it's not like a spectacular movie, but it's okay. Like I like it. this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I have to go with Ellen Ripley again in the okay. original yeah. Alien movie because it is a science fiction movie, but it's also a horror movie. Mm-hmm. A lot like Ghost of Mars. Mm-hmm. But yeah, guys, what's the opera? Uh, oh, you could mention the chick from Mad Max Fury Road, the one that... Furiana? Uh, is that her name? I think so. Okay. Charlize Theron's character? Yeah, yes. And also, oh, there was another one I had. Fuck. Ow. Ow. Anyways. Anyways. We're going to watch the WandaVision... That's another strong character. And let you guys know what we think on Sunday. I am on the fence about it. I don't know. Yeah, it looks kind of weird. I don't know. Um, I'm really, honestly, the whole reason I bought Disney Plus is so I could watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, right? I mean, Mandalorian was a big bonus. But I'm still waiting for fucking Falcon. Goddamn. I want to see all these new Star Wars shows also. Yes. So far, Disney Plus has paid off, but I just want more. I right. fucking want more. They reeled us in, and it's like, you know, give us something. Something other than this. Yes. <laughs> also, we don't. I didn't really watch a movie for what you think about that, but Steven did. Oh, yeah, I saw Tenet. It's incredibly impossible to explain without giving the movie away, but... I recommend you watch it. It's one of those Christopher Nolan movies that's just like mind bending, and it's it's got a huge twist at the end, and then there's a double twist someone had to tell me about that I didn't even know. <laughs> it's really good. You just had to like sit there and watch it. It's like really long, but like it flows together really well. Interesting. It's hard to basically. It's about this guy that's a part of, like, the secret... Oh, he's, like, not the FBI, but he's, like, some special forces type person. He gets captured. He takes a cyanide pill and kills himself. And it turns out that it was a dud. And this, like, secret underground organization hires him to combat crimes that are being committed with stuff from the future. So like someone in the future is sending back things to someone in the past and they're trying to figure out who it is that is one committing the crimes and two, how they're committing these crimes with this equipment, whatever, you know? Right. And it's like a total mind effort. It's like super mind bending and weird. And it's like for every new piece of information you learn, it's like there's, 10 steps ahead of like where you are now. And it's great. Interesting. So it's like a detective story and a time travel story too. Really cool. It sounds really cool. It's hard. You literally had to see it. It's hard to explain, but I highly recommend it. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian and I will put out some more late night thoughts this week. I'm assuming. Oh, yes, guys. Um, some of you may not know, but uh, we're doing this thing called Late Night Thoughts, where basically, if we can't sleep, we just fucking talk to you assholes for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much do it at work, because I 
doing a lot of sitting around. Yes. I didn't mean to call you guys assholes. It's a term of endearment. I don't mean it offensively. You guys are awesome. He's doing the like miming the hand in the air thing over here. Um uh yeah, so remember to keep that high ground and we'll see you this Sunday. All right, guys. Have a good night. Later.